Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome to today's live interview. I'm here today with Rob Wilcox. Rob is an award-winning financial advisor, uh, independent financial advisor from London. He's actually voted top 1% of all independent wealth managers working in the UK. Um, And he's frequently featured in The Telegraph and The Times. Um, Today, I'm with Rob uh, for an interesting discussion where we're going to be talking about how many of us are actually prepared financially for the next 30 to 50 years. Uh, Rob's going to be throwing out some knowledge bombs, giving us loads of insights on the reality of the situation for many of us, um, and hopefully giving us some insights into the common mistakes a lot of us are making with our financial planning. Rob, how are you today, mate? Uh, Good morning, Seb. I'm very well, thank you, sir. Yeah, those, um, those introductions sound quite good when you write them yourself, don't they? Yeah, exactly. I'm getting good at these now. It's like radio here, you know. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm very good. We're, things are easing up a little bit here in Dubai. People are experiencing a little bit more freedom. What's the situation like in the UK? Yeah, easing up a little bit. Um, able to get out on the golf course now in a four ball, I think. So we're playing golf this weekend. Um, it's almost getting back to normal. The roads are busy. Everybody seems to be out and about. So, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Slowly easing back into the, the physical world, carefully, bit by bit, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I preferred. I, I did quite like London in the uh, with less people on the streets and less cars. It was something, well, obviously, the yeah. very ser- serious side to lockdown. Mm. <clears throat> the flip side of it, there were quite a few positives, I think, you know, um, a slower pace of life, able to mm. think about, you know, just a bit more space and time to think about kind of what matters to you, which actually is what we'll be talking about, I'm guessing, a little bit today as well. So, um, but yeah, uh, slowly getting back to, to normal. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think you know, it's that period of reflection, isn't it? And, and, I, and I know that's a lot of what you give your clients. You know, you give them you give them clarity, but also give them that moment where they can kind of pause, look at the future, look at what they actually, what they actually want out of life, and, and then ultimately helping them achieve that, right? That's actually spot on, mate. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the analogies I, I describe a financial life, people call me a financial advisor, but really I'm a financial coach or consultant. Um, one of the analogies I use is if you think about your life as a big jigsaw puzzle, there's thousands and thousands of pieces which you could call your days. And a lot of the time we're, you know, in the detail, um, head down and just, you know, on autopilot. How often do you actually take a step back and really look at the big picture? I'm thinking, actually, is is my jigsaw puzzle? Is my jigsaw puzzle? Is my jigsaw puzzle? You know, is the big picture looking how I want it to look? You know, yeah. you take yourself, take yourself back a little bit uh, to maybe childhood uh, or earlier adult life. Are you actually fulfilling the goals that you know you thought and want you always wanted to? Um, mm. So yeah, time to reflect. 
And this is also a time to, to kind of refresh those goals and those values. And maybe you've had time to, in lockdown, as a lot of people think have, to kind of refresh and renew those um, those goals and just maybe post lockdown. One of the challenges I've been um, speaking to a few clients about is, do they actually ever want to be that busy again? You know, getting yeah. a tube into Canary Wharf <laughs> and, uh, and the answer to the question is no, they don't. So, um, yeah, we, we, we touched on lockdown and whatnot, um, giving opportunities. And I think it gives an opportunity to refresh your purpose and your sense of kind of what matters most to you. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's just been a huge shakeup of normal life, hasn't it? And, and and you know, in the UK, a very different situation to Dubai. But in the UK, with the with the furlough system, with the government support, a lot of people who who are getting the same salary but not working at all, they're almost experiencing what financial freedom actually is, right? Not yeah. not not not, uh, not doing the daily you know full time work, but getting 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 the same income and covering their living expenses from that, which should potentially free up time so they can go and explore things they're really passionate about no spot on i agree mate yeah it's an opportunity you know in, in all crisis there's always opportunity isn't it we know that as business owners um so it's no different here yeah 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 definitely so so rob tell me a little bit about um about the sort of common mistakes people make because one of the one of the things i often think about whenever whenever you and i chat is there is so much to think about which you know, yeah. I'm, I'm out there busy doing stuff, you know, keeping busy with my with businesses and family life. And you don't you don't really realize how the smallest change that you make now could impact the next 40 years. And and I don't just mean from you know an investment point of view, but I mean I mean from a protection point of view, security point of view, um, all these different things that, that come into what it is you actually do with your clients. Um so it'd be, yeah. it'd be great to, to kind of I know we we won't be able to uh go into everything like <laughs> like a half day event but it would be good to um to, you know to, to get the kind of rough idea of the typical problems or mistakes people make yeah okay certainly props um i think the first thing to say there is there is a lot to financial planning um and i think the reason people get overwhelmed and in in, in some ways believe me building a, a complex financial plan for a client can um times feel like it's overwhelming the advisor let alone the client because there are so many different aspects to a financial plan so uh, but to try and simplify it for you there's really four key pillars or five key pillars uh, if you add in the life planning element you've got your purpose which is your life planning you've got the plan itself you've got products um, and you've, you need a set of investment principles and then you need to review progress um, now, within the product side, there are four pillars within products. You've got your tax, you've got your investing, you've got risk management, which is early uh, mortality or illness or accidents or sickness, um, and you've got estate planning. So to summarize all of that, you've got a big picture kind of financial life plan. Everybody's got in their head, you know, how what they want to do, what they want to buy, when they want to retire. But there are many different products, services and risks within the actual product side of what we do so it's no wonder i think that it can seem a little bit overwhelming to try and simplify that though even further if you think about the best financial plan in the world it's probably a simple one and a simple financial plan is that you spend less than you earn uh, you save the difference okay you invest in global equities and you set and forget you get on with living your life mm -hmm. so it can be can be quite simple yeah. um 
if you just take a helicopter view. Um, but people get do get mired in detail. Um, so to answer the question on common mistakes, I think we've again tried always trying to simplify things with people so that they can actually move forward as opposed to get mm. get a little bit lost. Um, what we do really, if you boil it down to it, Seb, it, we help people retire and never run out of money, basically. Yeah. Whilst living, ideally, a lifestyle that they want without compromise. That's what we do is retirement planning. Now, what does retirement even mean like today? I mean, to you, are you 30, mate? What mm. does retirement mean to you? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. I, I, mean, I, I, probably, I, I think I'd be really bad at being retired. I think I'd probably end up finding something to fill all my time with. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or I just do my wife's head in. I think she gets, she gets sick of me after the first couple of days, right? I can't, I can't imagine my, my dad retired, so let alone me. <laughs> this is it, mate. You know, it's like um, uh, a, a very kind of successful business owner said to me, um, I did a talk once um, on, what was it on? It was, uh, it was a, I think it was a VC firm, but they were talking about how to sell your business. Um, yeah. And I did, a, I did a talk about what to do with the money after you sell. And the, the three problems to keep that uh, conversation going that we see is people either retire with no plan at all, um, a bad plan, or a wrong plan. I'll give examples right. of them in a second. Yeah, but this chap, this chap comes up to me after, and um, he goes, I, I did have a plan, Rob. Uh, and it was this. It was to basically sell the business, put 33% into stocks. So, no, it wasn't actually. 33% into real estate. Uh, he was going to leave 33% in cash as a buffer and he was going to um put 33 percent into small companies um so i said okay i you know that's a that's a good investment plan if you like if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. and uh, i said how did it go and he said well i actually ended up investing a hundred percent in fact more because he leveraged it, some of his money into small companies right. and i said that how many have you got left? So like he's investing in tech startups and the like. And he said, I've got five left out of 50. And wow. so, and so, the, but the funny thing, well, it's not funny. It's not funny. that He was still laughing. And I, I was told by the person who organized the event that he's still, you know, quite a well-off person. So he don't need to feel sorry for this chat. But, but the point was, I said, what went wrong? And he said, um, I ended up being my wife's, what, the, what did he put it? He said, I ended up being my wife's housekeeper, but like second in command. <laughs> Because she runs the house. She had run the house for 40 years. Right. He, did, he didn't know what the hell to do with himself. He was a successful entrepreneur who had had businesses his whole life. And then just 65. Became a, a nuisance at home, basically. Yeah. And so he, he, he had to find ways to distract himself um, yeah. effectively. And he went back to what he thought he knew, which was business. But he ended up involved, investing in a lot of businesses that really weren't anything to do with his skill set. Mm. So, so yeah in terms of the common mistakes um a bad plan would be let's say for example that chap there who's investing into the wrong uh pure, pure, wrong speculation. pure speculation yeah uh, but a, a more common bad plan um which i see a lot of mm. is somebody who's overpaying for equity investments yeah. so you know, we're yeah. talking about mutual funds active management um so-called passive investment management um you know if, if you're overpaying by just one percent a year 
okay, of your assets. Yeah. And that can cost you hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah. in total income in retirement. So the average kind of actively managed portfolio, for example, costs anywhere from two to three percent a year. Yeah. But you can buy global equities for next to no money at say 0.24 yeah. or 0.22%. Um, so an, an index fund through something like Vanguard or HL or something along those lines? Yeah, God forbid, not HL. Um, but through Vanguard, you're an amazing company then, then yeah. So I mean, our total cost you're not, you're not allowed to say. I've got, I've got HL watching, they're in the group. How good is that? No, I'm joking, they're not really. If, they, if, they're in, if they're in the group, we're coming for you. <laughs> um, look, my, our value proposition is much more than kind of investment management. If you're 100% in control of your emotions, um, and you're not going to be distracted by, let's say, the HL top 50 fund list, yeah. or uh, let's say a less trustworthy kind of financial advisor in Dubai who's trying to flog you a product all the time. Uh, if you're 100% in control and on it, then you can manage your own money. Uh, no problem for next to no cost these days. Yeah. You can you can buy the whole world for almost nothing, which is ridiculous if you think about it. Um, yeah. I always tell people if you buy if you buy the whole listed world. Um, so, you know, Apple, Facebook, all the way down to small uh, listed companies, you'll have every morning that you wake up, you'll have about 43,000 CEOs go yeah. to work, go to work for you. Yeah, I, I, I love yeah. the concept of this because it's it's very much if you look at, I mean, we had Jason, Jason Grayson on the other day um, speaking about investing in something which, which is constantly decaying, like property. Um, yeah. As opposed to something which is constantly growing, like like business or, um, yeah, stock shares. Yeah, I mean, talk about what I talk to people about is um, how do you optimize basically your time, your money, your energy, and your talent? Yeah, the, the biggest asset everybody has is their is their human capital, which is yeah. the time, the energy, and the talent. Like the, the stock market ain't going to make you rich. It's just mm. it's not. It can keep you rich. And, and you can get you rich. Correct that with a caveat slightly. It can it can get you rich slowly. Yeah. But it ain't going to make you rich like in a year or two. Mm. But for very 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 few people that that's possible because yeah. Um. All, all you need to do is focus on the time, the energy, and the talent, and optimize that. And right. If you invest sensibly and smartly and give it time, yeah. like for example, an index fund which buys the whole listed world. I just think it's a great kind of concept to have in your mind that you can buy effectively every single great company in the world for mm. about 0.2% of what it costs you to invest um, and have 40 odd thousand of the best, inherently the best business people in the world Yeah. by virtue of getting to that level of corporate success. Imagine the quality of these people, yeah. Uh, yeah. the board level they operate at, go to work yeah. for you. Uh, you're, 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 basically, you're basically collecting the best team and putting putting them to work, right? Yeah. I mean, what does it cost you to hire your, like, don't tell me any figures, but what's it cost to run a small business, like a small business of 12, 13 people? Maybe about 500K, oh, yeah. a million a year, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, but you can invest in every great company yeah, for right. almost, almost no money. So, so the way the way, you, the way you kind of approach it with your clients is rather than seeing it as a let's let's you know use use investing to to get you know lots of wealth let's kind of use it as a way to accelerate our savings. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Well, 
you need to invest money people um another type of um so we've covered the the bad plan if you like which is paying too much for your investments yeah. i can you know if you just overpay one percent a year that'll cost you we estimate about 250 grand over yeah. 30 years over 30 years retirement say from 60 to 90. that's a bad plan you don't need to do that um uh, the wrong plan if you like would be to not kind of take stock of really what matters most to you yeah so a wrong plan is that chap i mentioned before in a sense he just he got it wrong he, he didn't really think about what he was going to do on a tuesday afternoon yeah yeah i mean you talk about it you know like uh, retirement's one way of getting to that point right where where you reach financial freedom but but for a lot of people if they reach that even earlier through business or through investing, whatever it is, they're, they're in that, they're then in that place. They haven't planned for it. They haven't planned for what do I do with all my spare time, right? So many yeah. people I've met who have become financially free. It's like, well, what are they going to do with all this extra time? They, they've, they've been throwing themselves at solving problems and become addicted to solving problems. They get, yeah. they get all the free time. They're like, what do I, what do I do with it now? And it's, it's, it's almost yeah. depressing. It's, it's a, <laughs> Retirement's a big health risk at the end of the day because if you yeah. don't transition carefully and properly, um, you know there's risks. There's clear risks to health. If you look at research from the Mayo Clinic in the states, I don't want to get too morbid. Like you know, retirement's already got a bad name. <laughs> Turn people off. But like, if you lose a sense of purpose and direction, then you end up getting bored. And the study, yeah. some studies have suggested that once you get bored, then you're in a state of dis-ease potentially and this ease will eventually lead to um you know this disease and quicker death yeah. potentially so i mean it, it is quite <laughs> i don't want to turn it into a morbid conversation as i say but you can flip it round and <clears throat> and think about it positively and say well if i am financially free all i need to do is figure out actually what, what are the stuff that jigsaw puzzle if you like of my life you direct you're the director of your own master movie if you like yeah uh, so what do i want my life to look like uh, yeah. and everybody's got things that make them feel fulfilled and happy mm. and so it's just the case of syncing up your capital with your um with your goals and your values to yeah. create a good life that's it yeah so yeah uh, the wrong plan is basically just not doing that and yeah. um retiring without putting much thought or effort into it. Now, the reason people do that, I think, uh, like that chap before who sold the businesses, is because it's a scary, bloody event. Like, mm. I've never been through it, so I can't really, I'm, I'm only 37, mm. but I do have experience of helping clients through it. And some of them have told me that you know, they wake up on the run-up to retirement in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, thinking, really? Yeah. What what am I going to do? Yeah. So I understand it's scary. We, me and you yeah. are too young to really appreciate it fully. A, a, a massive transition. Yeah, it's like yeah. like you said before. You know, people can get addicted to making decisions and being a business mm. person, and that's a good habit in a way because it means you're you know moving forward and you're developing um, yourself as a human being as well as developing your business. But good habits in work life, if you like, from say twenty to sixty, can turn into bad habits from 60 on yeah. for yes. example yeah. constantly saving uh spending less than you earn right yeah is a good habit and saving the difference good habit 
Yeah. But then in the, in the time, in that 40 year good habit, the habit of a lifetime, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Could turn into a bad habit if you are never spending your money because right. you're, if, you, if you live if you live frugally and and you you die a very rich person without having much fun, right? I mean. Yeah. 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 And that happens. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's it's good. You know, it's trying to get people to understand how much money is enough for them is what I do yeah. basically. What's the number? Yeah. yeah. And then encouraging them to go in. Uh, and at times inspiring them to come up with new ideas to go and live the life that that matters most to them. So, so this is when you spoke about finding your number. I, I think I, I might be jumping the gun a little bit because I know that's part of your process. It'd be great to um to to, to dive into your process if that's okay because I think that would be really valuable. Yeah, cool. Okay. <clears throat> um, well, the first part of the process is life planning, and life planning is quite simply me sitting down with my client. And just asking them what you know, what's in, what's important to you, Seb? Like, mm-hmm. why, why, why have you come in? Is there anything urgent? Uh, and then shutting up and listening. You know, why yeah, right. are you actually here? Because coming in to see me is probably a bit like taking a trip to the dentist. Some people, <laughs> if we're honest, you, you, hate it, you hate it or you love it. Actually, yeah, do, you, do you love it? Do many people love the dentist? I don't know. <laughs> I don't love it. No, no def- I definitely don't love it. I- I'm not bad oh, as bad no. as some people. But, yeah, do you I love like, it? I like, I like our chats. You're not as bad as a dentist. <laughs> you once said to me, I make financial planning fun. I'm, I've always remembered that. You make, uh, you make financial planning fun. Yeah, you can put that on, as your as your slogan, really. <laughs> but that's what it should be. You're talking about you're talking about using your money to give you a great money's just a tool to give you a great life. So yeah, why yeah. shouldn't financial planning be fun? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you come in uh, and we sit down and have a conversation about you um, what might be good actually is if I were to ask you a, few, a couple of questions how I would normally do that you don't have to answer them but this is, these are the type of questions that your listeners could ask themselves yeah sure so, so if you're watching yeah definitely yeah we do, do like a sort of reality uh, coaching session guys if you're, if you're watching at home grab a pen and paper and uh, this might be a really healthy exercise, actually, if you haven't done anything like this before. Go for it, Rob. Okay, so once we've got kind of the immediate need out of the way, if you like, um, <clears throat> I would just sit down and say, look, the, the point of what we do is trying to sync up your capital with your values uh, and really what matters most to you, Seb. So mm. the first question I've got for you is, let's say you, you go outside after this meeting today, you put your card in the ATM. And you yeah. see on the screen that you've got more money than you're probably ever going to need. Okay, so yeah. we're not we're not talking like uh, Jeff Bezos, hundred <laughs> billion, but you can, you know you're completely like sweet. You're like, okay, great. That this might be from a business sale, or it might just be from inheritance, whatever. Yeah. You're never going to have to worry about money again. Is the point? Yeah. So, just ask yourself, what would you what would you do? Where would you go? Yeah. What would you, what would you change? Mm. Um, now the second second question I typically ask when it gets starts to get a bit more difficult, uh, and this time you go to see your doctor, and he or she shocks you with the news that you've only got five to ten years to live. So the bad news is that you've got. Um, only five or ten years to go. The good news is that you're not going to feel any pain 
okay so uh, you're not going to feel sick or ill but you're yeah. not going to know uh, uh, you know there's not going to be a final day when your time's up i think i prefer um, the trip to the dentist to be honest yeah <laughs> so but but this well this time it's going to get worse for you mate because this time you haven't got infinite resources oh, you've man. only got you've only got the time the money the energy and the talent that you have sitting in that chair now talking to me right so the question now is what would you change today knowing that you've only got five to ten years yeah yeah hmm interesting and what we're trying to do is get to the heart again of what matters yeah. most to you right now like the, 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 like the title of this talk right put 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 purpose to your money yeah indeed um now the third question is where it gets really tough um and this time you go to your doctor and he or she tells you you've got only 24 hours um left to live now it's this and this isn't a question of you know go and um uh, speak to family or jump on a plane or do what you need to do in the, in the mm. next 24 hours you can you can sort that out uh later this is a question of as you look up as you face your own very very real mortality mm. ask yourself who did i not get to be who did i not get to be yeah what, what did i not get to do you know where, where did i not get to go mm. and the answer to these questions really start to boil down for you who you really want to be yeah you know what do you really want to achieve in your life taking that big picture kind of helicopter view of a of your life puzzle yeah um, it's a chance it's a chance to just really just make sure that you're either on track uh, and you you're, you're happier that you're on track because you've got more confidence and clarity uh, and if you're off track it's a time opportunity to make some changes yeah really really interesting these um i remember doing this exercise with you a while ago i think it was about a year a year and a bit ago and um and i, I did it with my wife she did the same thing and it was mm. it was so interesting to see how our answers were quite different because you have you have so many open conversations and chats and you think you think you know you, i could totally guess that answer i knew i know what she would say and she would be <laughs> the same thing right but until yeah. until you kind of until you kind of stop and think and go through it in this in this way you know really it really gives you insights powerful insights which can really which can cause a change it can be a catalyst for a change in your life right yeah um so people i think some people might be thinking like this, this guy's like a hippie financial advisor i was once called a um uh what's it called uh one dude called financial life said. coaching yeah well that's what it is it's financial life coaching um yeah yeah the product product advice is like and draw and over time do i go um draw down do i do, take an annuity do i take all of life insurance out to pay inheritance tax or do i just let the kids you know all that stuff the product advice becomes easy if you've yeah. got you know what matters most to the client totally if you're you I mean, the plan around it. it's the same it's the same with business right if you if you if you know what your values are and what your purpose is and what you actually want to achieve the actual delivery on how you, what, your, what service or product you actually sell becomes so clear, becomes so easy. People get hung up on the product or the service. They don't think about the value and the purpose before they dive into it. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. such a useful exercise. A hundred percent, mate. And um, it, you know, I speak from experience because I went on this course about six, seven, 
maybe six, seven years ago. Uh, and um, it was this listening course uh, from the Kind Institute. And I went thinking, I'm going to get better at my job, going to become a better listener, get clients mm. to talk to me. But then over a course of five days, we were asked these type of questions and uh, we role played, did loads more exercises. And I was amazed that, I, I mean, I can specifically remember thinking, this is actually what life is itself about because you what you would learn and see and hear is two human beings in the kind of the coach and the client scenario even though even though it was in a role play mm-hmm. environment with other people watching and learning from each other you still got with this structure and framework which is the evoke framework from from george kinder you still got to the heart of really really what matters most to people to the client yeah. and it was it was amazing to see because yeah. instead of talking about money we were talking about life basically and mm. um, mm. it might sound a bit corny but trust me it works um, yeah. and there's, there's no once you once i went through that process there was no way i could go back to being a traditional financial advisor just you know how unfortunately how the industry is taught is to sell products because it came yeah. from the bank days, the bank assurance days, um, banks create products to flog to their customers. And then they create a sales force, uh, which is what you've still got in Dubai. Uh, they create a sales force of um, advisors, quote unquote, um, to flog the product. Now, right. over, t- over time, how the industry has developed is um, through competition and capitalism, there have been, and through the ethics of good people before me, there have been ways to uh, to move towards planning. Um, so financial planning over financial advice. And the newest movement, if you like, is towards financial life planning, which is the purpose behind the, the plan, if you like, yeah. before, you get, before you get to the products. Um, so a very simple explanation of my process is it's purpose, then it's plan, then it's products. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Really, really interesting. Yeah. And um, hopefully you guys got a lot out of those um those those questions there. Um it'd be great to hear in the comments, guys. Um if you're watching this on the replay, um if you if you got any insights from that, if that um maybe highlighted something you weren't aware of about yourself and actually what you want to do. Um like like we've been talking about, right? This is a this lockdown and the, the huge change kind of gives that that moment for for clarity for giving you an insight and actually to making a change in, in your life so so yeah really really interesting um be great be great to go into more more of the strategy now like um you know we 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 understand exactly what it is we want to do how does the how does the plan then move forward yeah okay cool so once you figured out everything that you want to do you put that on a timeline of your life uh, yeah. we then start to bring in the technical knowledge which is for example um, quantifying how much each goal is going to cost. Mm. Now, if say you want to send a child to school uh, and it's going to cost you 30 grand a year and for say seven years, <clears throat> um, the important point to note on on all of the go- all of the goals is that you need to quantify them and take into account um, certain assumptions such as inflation, investment growth, school fee inflation, um, your earnings potential, um, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not a case of um, simply saying it's going to cost X by Y date. 
often mm. people make the mistake of just having a nominal um a nominal goal amount of say x which might be 30k yeah. um yeah. a year but what you need to do is put all of this together uh, yeah. and, account, and account for things like inflation for example um once you've you've done all that though then you can quantify and this is how you get to the magic number you can quantify what your dream life costs um and the good news is and i've been doing it for like 15 years now the good news is it's never normally as much as what you might think yeah it's weird <laughs> but it's not it's just it's like i think um it's funny how many people say they want to get to 10 million yeah and i'm like why <laughs> what, what what is it about 10 million so that's just enough i'm like okay why enough for what um everybody wants 10 million quid. yeah right and, 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 there's, there's no real thought as to what actually 10 million is in in 30 years right i think with inflation it's it's something like you know 60 percent less than that isn't it it's the the buying power is is, is a totally different amount yeah well obviously inflation people if you invest well your assets should grow over and above inflation mm. um and so yeah you will you, you're right i think what you're getting at there is the fact that you will need less because your assets can grow over and above that rate but i think what well, the 10 million comes from like i need a nice house maybe you need a second house in if you live in the uk anyway you're thinking i need a nice house in london or wherever i live i wouldn't mind a place in spain or portugal uh, or Mallorca or whatever and I want to be able to maybe fly wherever I want four times a year and that, and I might have a couple of nice cars, give a bit of money to the kids and 10 million just kind of fits. But if you, 10 million job done. <laughs> yeah, 10 million job done. But like the trouble with that is, is that you potentially on a hamster wheel in business and in yeah. life, trying to get to a number really that you might never achieve, but it's, I don't think it's that. I think it's more, there's two types of people on the behavioral spectrum. There's there's people who are constantly seeking a sense of security that they're probably never going to feel or achieve unless they get this right. And by say get right, I mean the planning, the, the life planning and the financial planning right. And then there's people on the flip side of that spectrum who have a constant need to feel excited today, that they constantly spend more and more uh, without realizing that they're risking their future security uh, tomorrow mm. and it's we're, we're all somewhere on either end of that spectrum to a greater or lesser degree um so when it comes to kind of this random number that everybody has the, the trouble with not doing the planning properly is that you don't really it's not your number it, it, it's probably your neighbor's number yeah. When you go to the dentist, like every time I go to my dentist, he doesn't shut up, to be honest with you, talks about uh, this new investment or a new car or, and it's like, we're, we're impacted by the people at the golf club, the book club, mm. the sneaker club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and, and at work, right? And how do you know if, how do you know your number unless you've really taken the time to quantify all of your goals and your values? The answer yeah. is you don't. The second, so you've got to do that properly. So the second stage is to then just put that into some sort of sensible model, which is the planning module of what we do, which involves, say, cash flow software. And then you can really get to the heart of the matter for you of what your number is. So, I mean, that's not rocket science either, to be honest with you. It just needs it just needs some sensible assumptions around growth, tax, inflation, um, yeah. 
and then you can wipe out the number and then at least you know if it is 10 million for you that you're on the right track but yeah. it might be like for example one one um business example i work with one business owner i work with uh, i always use this as an example because it's a great one because he was adamant he needed 10 million and uh, we did all the planning work the purpose work the quantified the goal and he we can literally click a button after we've done all that and the system on very prudent assumptions um so we're not like assuming 10 12 percent investment growth a year we're quite prudent of what we um assume about the future because uh, it's better to un, you know undershoot and over deliver as opposed to get to 60 and realize oh shit, i haven't got enough um yeah, right. but his number was 3.2 3.2 million pounds and the great thing about him is he had a business that had a profit of about 700k that year mm. so you know an ebit multiple of that let's say prudently again four times yeah. you know he's worth about 2.8 i mean he's basically financially free and he was 37 which is my age now at the time yeah. and i could just see the stress drain from him yeah and he was like really and this was <laughs> a guy this was a guy who um I think one of his children had just started to go to private school. Yeah. Um, he wasn't getting home at five o'clock at night. He was getting home at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, the relationship between him and his wife was a bit strained because of that. Uh, but more importantly, he just wasn't seeing his kids grow up. Mm. So free proper financial planning or financial life planning, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the people. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's now completely less stressed. He's home at five o'clock every day. I think he takes the kids to school in the morning. Yeah, you know, and he's. I have to catch up with this chap, but I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be, I would bet my life on the fact that he's probably more profitable in his business because he's yeah. working more effectively and efficiently, and he's living a yeah, happier yeah. life. And I, and I imagine that the kind of the kind of impact of having less stress in his life will 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 he'll be making better decisions. He'll be, you know, his his relationships with his clients will be better, and you know. All that sort of stuff comes into it, right? Massively so, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, as you can imagine, um, can you imagine what that's like for me as the coach or the advisor? That's a pretty cool job to have. Yeah, yeah, and right. What, when you can, when you can turn around to someone and say, "You don't need to work for twenty years; you can work for three years," and you and you've you've cracked it. Yeah, well, that guy now is actually a coach himself. Funny enough, he's a business. Um, he's a business coach to other people in his industry who want to get to a million pound of profit. Um, yeah. So he's actually um, he sold part of the uh, the original business, kept a little bit of it, and now he's a coach because he yeah. and he's doing work that he loves to do, as opposed Brilliant. to um, you know constantly working his backside off for a business that he didn't really love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I've helped him, um, which helps. The reason that's the reason I do what I do. I completely fell yeah. into this uh, job. Um, but now the reason I do it is to have other people get the life they want. By virtue of that, it's you get an enormous sense of job satisfaction, which I get quite well paid as well. So I'm able to live the life that I want. So it's a pretty yeah. virtuous circle, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it'd be it'd be good to, to briefly talk about um, you know uh, life insurance, critical critical illness cover, that sort of stuff. I know it's products. Kind of yes, let's sell some products, Seb. <laughs> Or life planning bollocks. Oh, right, guys, that's what we're all here for. So, <laughs> <laughs> not going to sell us anything. I promise. I'll, I'll, I'll put him on mute if he starts doing that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to sell anything. What, what fascinates me about this is how 
a lot, there's a lot of expats in our group, a lot of expats who've come here, they've started a business um, and, you know, eventually they would, they would go back home perhaps, or, or they, they see this as home for the next 20 years. Um, and that, and that kind of varies, but that, you know, a conversation you and I had recently really kind of highlighted how much risk, you know, we're at um, when it, when it comes to not having a protection around your business. Um, yeah. so I, know, I, know, I know that's actually separate to, um, to life cover and, um, and critical illness, but um, it'd be good to go into that as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those funny things, protection. Um, I think the industry kind of, the life insurance companies put out stats like there's like a, a three trillion pounds protection gap. Which right. Protection gap basically means families haven't got any life cover, for example, and if one person dies in the family, like the main breadwinner, for example, whether that's the father or the mother, that has a massive impact financially on a family. Yeah. Um, because you take all of that, the value of your time, your energy, and your talent, you know, in, in a capitalist world, equals money for you and your family, right? It equals income. You take your human capital away from that family, there's no income. That's what you need to protect. You need to protect your human capital. But what the industry set tells us is there's about three trillion pounds. Three trillion pounds. I mean, the numbers, trillion is just an unfathomable number, really. It means mm. there's a ton of families that are underinsured or just not insured at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the way to think about this is quite simply, if let's say you've, you've got your purpose set, you've built a financial plan, you've sourced out the investments, you're working hard in a career that you love. I mean, life, we had a, a, a friend, um, one of my best friends, uh, friends from school passed away recently at 35, fell down a set of stairs. Uh, cracked his head and he passed wow. away. Unfortunately, like just shock, complete shock. I knew him. I, I knew him through my friend. We played. Um, we were playing golf a few weeks prior to that. Mm. And you know, he leaves two young children, but they are absolutely fine financially speaking. But the reason I tell that story is it, it's the one of those stories when you heard it, you knew straight away something was wrong by the tone yeah. of voice of my friend, and it just. You just try to make sense of it because we're, we try and rationalize everything that's going on upstairs, right? But it, you can't make sense of it. Yeah there, yeah. there is there is no reason to it. It's just... Life just kind of happens. Life happens. And mm. it's that type of stuff that basically we're trying to protect families yeah. against. So yeah. the, the good work that you do, um, it doesn't all fall to pieces if one of you is not here. Um, and so it's... It's a pretty morbid topic again. <laughs> back um, We're back at the dentist. Back at the dentist. And back, this back is probably, the again. <laughs> yeah, this is probably why it's like there's a big protection gap because let's face it, he wants to, he wants to think about that stuff for too long. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no not yeah. me. So my advice but, but, to anybody but, but, is just to get it done. I think, it, I think it's just people just don't understand it. If I'm honest, I, I think I don't think people. I mean, certainly for me, I didn't I didn't know how much risk I was actually taking by not yeah. having certain cover in place or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, you know, when it comes into things like inheritance tax and all that sort of stuff, if you die, you know, you know, you, you could, you could end up by having, by owning a business, you could end up forcing your family into debt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the revenue, the HMRC, even if you live over in the UAE, mm. uh, for a UK born, if you're born in the UK, there's 
it's almost certain that you're going to uh, be do- what's deemed as domiciled in the UK, which means that your worldwide assets um, are going to be liable to UK inheritance tax, which is 40% effectively on death uh, yeah. over over and above a uh, some allowances that everybody has. Um, yeah. But in essence, if you if you are a married couple, anything over 650 grand that you have on your balance sheet, your family balance sheet is taxed at 40%. Um, wow. It is is the way to think about it, really. So, um, pretty, un- pretty unpopular tax that one, isn't it? Well, it's also known as the voluntary tax because with good planning, you know, you can completely mitigate it. Because let's face yeah. it, you've got you've probably got Touchwood seventy odd years to plan to get rid of this tax in your estate, which you can yeah. do through gifting, um, mm. business structures, shareholding, kind of for example. Uh, you can do for insurance. You can do for trusts. You know, you don't need to pay, or your children don't need to pay inheritance tax if you plan effectively. I mean, I mean, I mean, from a from a from a perspective of, of a business owner who's thirty to forty or fifty years old, um, yeah, and and you know is, is expecting to have lots of time to plan inheritance tax and lots of stuff coming up, right? Let's let's just say for, for argument's sake, you're a you're a, you're a British person, so you're domiciled in the UK, but you you live in Dubai where you run a business. Um, if you've got a, a company in the UK or whatever, and you you die, your company is subject to inheritance tax. Isn't that right? Yes. So, or potentially, yeah. I mean, so what what, what HMRC will um, will do is they will when you pop your clogs day one, uh, so to speak, is ground zero, and at that date of death, HMRC are going to uh, through the through the probate process. Uh, and how your executors of your estate um, submit the effectively the tax returns, if you like, for your life, uh, or for, sorry, on your death, um, for your for your life assets. Um, they're gonna they're gonna want to value everything that you own. That mm. includes that includes businesses. Now, businesses might attract what's called business property relief, which which might mean that the the value of the business is either one hundred percent exempt from inheritance tax. Or fifty percent exempt from inheritance tax, or zero. It's zero, fifty, or hundred, really. So um, the nature of that depends on many, many factors, really, which probably mm. don't want to go into too much detail. But uh, in essence, all of your assets are valued at the point you die. Yeah. Uh, and within six months, HMRC are going to ask for the inheritance tax. So if you've got, a, say, a million pounds. Uh, in your estate, over and above the the uh, the nil rate band allowances of three two five per person, six fifty for a married couple, and effectively um, the million pounds taxed at forty percent. So they're going to come along, assuming sorry, the, uh, I should say that transfers between spouses don't attract IHT. So this is effectively on second death, okay, mm-hmm. second death planning. Um, Assuming that you've both passed away in a car accident, there or plane accident, God forbid. Jeez, all we're doing, all we're doing is talking about death, Seb, Seb isn't it? But ultimately, after this one, we'll just we'll do a fun one, something really do a fun hard. one. Well, um, but it, it's, it's actually really important stuff. Let's face it, because ultimately, yeah, I know it is. It is. You don't want you don't want your kids to have to sell assets like family no. homes, second homes. If they don't so, have to, to pay if we're, tax. If we're all watching right now. This is this is the bit where the tooth gets pulled, and afterwards we can all heal up, and it's great news. So we're, we're yeah. just gonna we're at the dentist right now, guys. It's all it's all gonna be worth it in the end. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So um, 
if if um if your assets are over above a certain level, HMRC are going to come for their, yeah. their tax. How they value your business, right? So if your business is making, I don't know, let's say it's making 100 grand profit and they value it at, at um, a, ten, a multiple of, of 10. Yeah. So they value it as a, as, a, as a million pound business. Then they were taxed at 40%. So effectively, you would, you would have a, an inheritance tax bill of 400,000 pounds. So you'd either have to, you know, you would, your, your, your spouse, if you leave behind your family, wouldn't be able to live off the income from the business. They would have to pay that for the next four years to cover the, cover the debt. Is that right? There you go. That's the sort of questions you want to do, guys. Really throw your financial advisor. <laughs> yeah, sorry about it. I, I thought my phone was on Do Not Disturb, but it just went. Apologies. Probably somebody calling me about ICT. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Hargreaves Lansdowne on the phone. <laughs> yeah, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> um, apologies for that. Yes. Yeah, so um, what was the question? The, the question was, if, if you've got a business in the UK and, it, and yeah. you're making 100 grand profit in that business and, it, and you die, you leave the business to your wife, um, HMRC may say, right, it's making 100 grand profit, so we're going to value it as a, a 10 times multiply of that. So it's valued at a million pounds, let's just say, for argument's sake. They would then put 40% inheritance tax charge on that. So your wife would be, or your husband would be left with a, a 400,000 pound debt to HMRC with inheritance tax. So almost correct, almost correct, mate. Almost. Two, 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 two things to add. Okay. Uh, transfers, transfers between spouses are exempt. Okay. So uh, if you were to pass away now and your wife, Vicky, would not have to pay yeah, any IST, she but would be exempt. If it was to your kids, it'd be different. If it's to your kids, it's different. Now, the only right. other thing to add is that HMRC, it might be possible to tell HMRC, who might accept it, that the business is a proper trading business um, and it therefore attracts business property relief. You can get this with farms as well. So you can get agricultural property relief and business okay. property relief. So if you've got a, a true small business, yeah. um, it's possible that, um, like for example, property is people have property in a business in a limited company that doesn't yeah. qualify. That doesn't qualify typically, right. uh, almost, right. almost never for BPR simply because it's not a true trading business. It's just an asset business. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it, between spouses, no, there's no IST. Mm -hmm. But when you're if Vicky passed away with you at the same time, effectively in a car crash or plane crash or whatever it might be, um, yeah. then the kids effectively. While you've got minor kids, that you're going to have guardians and you're going to have executives of the estate. That the estate would effectively be held in trust for your children until they're 18. And the right. executors, the executors who are not going to want to run a business, that's for sure, mm. are going to probably want to sell the business uh, and release cash, pay HMRC, and just hold the hold the liquid. Um, probably mm. invest it, but hold liquid cash, which can be easily managed and invested as opposed to run a business. So. Yeah. Um, what it, it, we know what's genuinely amazing, mate, is um, we've just done a, um, a sizable estate planning exercise for somebody this week, and I think their I think their estate is something like five or six million. Um, mm. Really successful business business uh, executive. Um, it's this is actually the the daughter of one of our longest standing clients, and. What, what's amazing is that the mid forties, um, they've got that amount of. It always shocks me that they've got that amount of wealth. Mm. They, they, they haven't even got wills. Really? Wow. Uh, and it's mad if you think about it. It's like, how, yeah. how have you not, not even got a will? Like even a basic will. 
and it's just one of those things that I think gets pushed to the back of the drawer or yeah. pushed into a cabinet and yeah. I'll do that later or I'll do that next year. And it, it's, it's staggering, really, because yeah. if they, I mean, just on that, if they didn't have a will and, 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 and he passed away, mm. um, then the estate would pass by the laws of intestacy, which basically only gives his wife the first 250 grand of assets really? and then and a life interest in half the remainder. Now that gives the, the kids the other half of, uh, life interest in 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 um, in the remainder, but there's no protection for the children because um, there's no there's no trust, for example, set up that means mm. that at eighteen the kids can't get their hands on three million quid or whatever it is yeah. by the time they're eighteen, right. which, which is really 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 poor planning to be deadly serious and truthful, and the truth sometimes hurts. It's really irresponsible of parents to do that because while we don't want to think about it's going to happen to us if it does happen to us and we leave behind a trail of destruction which some of this would do which i've just mentioned mm -hmm. then it's, it's really dangerous for your kids health and well-being yeah. um you know we've we've worked on estates where we, we clients have come to us, children have come to us and there's been no planning by mum and dad the most recent one, they've just paid um, two two children in their late thirties, early forties. Have just paid about one point. Well, they haven't paid it all yet, but they owe about one point four million pounds in inheritance tax mm. to the revenue. Um, yeah. Dad passed at eighty two. Mum passed three years ago at seventy eight or so, seventy seven, with no planning in place other than a basic will. Um, yeah. And but what they told me, the son and the daughter, I never looked after mum and dad was that mum and dad would never ever talk about it. They tried to get them to talk about it, but they just wouldn't. Yeah. So it, it is difficult and it's an emotion, money is emotional as we all know. So yeah. it's how do we introduce those conversations to people to get yeah. them thinking about this positively, about what this tool can do for you, yeah. as opposed to putting it away in the back of the drawer, if you like, yeah. or in the filing cabinet and thinking about it tomorrow. Because um, all of a sudden, like this, this family who are in the mid forties with six million quid in their estate, or thereabouts, yeah. anyway. Um, I, I'm waking up now, thinking, "Wow, we need to really sort this out." Because if we don't, yeah. um, not and not just like for the children, if he was to pass, uh, uh, you know, it leaves his wife open to various risks as well. Um, yeah. What if, for example, she gets remarried because she probably will find somebody else at this age, but that new person coming into the marriage isn't trustworthy, shall we say, um, mm. or isn't, um, let's just say it doesn't work out, then mm. the person who's deceased, the, 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 the male in the family who's deceased, I don't know why I'm killing the male, we just have killed the male off. It could be the female who's the breadwinner, there's no, um, there's no gender bias here, but um, male's dead. He has now got a part, another party, which he's, mar he's married his uh, surviving spouse. Um, let's say it's, it's a personal trainer from the gym or something, not to attack personal trainers either, but let's say the PTs come in from the well, gym. I'm on a roll now. Yeah, I'm on a roll. I'm a, uh, uh, he's remarried and then that doesn't work out. The, the new husband is potentially there as part of that um, new marriage got a yeah. um, claim on his hard work, the deceased husband's hard work. So yeah. 
this is a co- it, again it's complex it can be very complex yeah. but it's not it's not that complex to sort out if you just give it a bit of planning and a bit of time yeah. and the, you yeah. get the right advice yeah wow mate that's absolutely brilliant i think um i think you know i'm conscious of your time not not to go over the hour but i think you've given so much so so much for everyone to think about here um so many so many amazing insights and, and realizations you know that that this sort of planning is fundamental to you know, to, to, to to everything going forward for a lot of business owners, you know, and, and often push to the back, exactly like you said. Um, well, I hope it has been of value. I've got no idea if it has. If you say it has, then that's good. Um, I'll watch it, it back with accommodation. Definitely has, hundred percent. We've got a we've got a few comments here. Let's have a look from Jason. Jason Gray saying, "Where there's a will, there's a way." I think he was he was, he was doing that when when you're talking about wills. Nuggets of value, Rob. Yeah, hundred percent. Completely agree. And um, Rob, um, is there something um, that you could do to help our community? Um, I, I don't know if you do a webinar or or some sort of special offer um, to kind of give give people who 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 want to get a bit more advice um, a bit of a helping hand. Yeah, so um, I, I had this idea before the call, actually, and it's something I've wanted to do for a while. Um, I, I do strategy sessions with couples one-to-one. Um, so like your mum and dad, for example, I would do a, a retirement strategy session with them. Um, what I want to do is I want to do that in a group environment. And the, the reason I want to do that in a group environment is from a selfish point of view, I am potentially selling one to many. Mm. But the main reason, that's not the main reason. The main reason I want to do that is because I think the group environment, when we're talking about purpose and life planning and goals and values and retirement, if just think about retirement for a second and how scary it is. Remember when I yeah. said that, that chap waking yeah. up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking, ah, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. If, we can, if, we can, if we can create a community and do that yeah. as a group, I think it will be. I think, I think, I think. Get my THs right. It could be really powerful. Yeah. So um, there's a retirement strategy coaching session. Um, I'm going to put on. I want it. While I say group, I want it to be quite intimate. Um, mm. So you keep a kind of level of privacy and intimacy, and trust. So um, my proposition is this: if if you want a retirement coaching strategy session um we'll do it up for say five couples so 10 people if you're single that's cool we you know we can still include you don't have to be married um but if you are in a in in, you know in a married couple or unmarried couple it's best to do this together as you uh, mentioned said with um understanding your partner's goals and values Mm. can often be different than what you think it is and it's really important that you do understand your partner and what they really want because The key to obviously a successful marriage is or successful partnership is that you both respect and understand and communicate what matters most to you as an individuals. And then that creates a pretty powerful couple. So, um, yeah, if you if anybody would like to be involved in that that first um, retirement coaching strategy session, then. Uh, I don't know how we do it, mate. But the first, say five, well, six. Yeah, what I'll do is I'll um I'll just uh, write a comment um on the group and uh, exp- explain a little bit more about it, and then um whoever writes, uh, whoever responds first, writes I'm in, then um then Rob will contact you guys. Rob, I'll get you in the group as well, mate, so you can so you can uh, speak with everyone. How much would you normally charge for one of those one of those one hour strategy sessions? Uh, our initial um strategy session um is four nine nine. 
So, so about 500 quid. So, so basically, Rob's offering our, our members um, like two and a half grand's worth of value there. So really, really amazing. Um, what a great, great way to end the call. Um, really, really appreciate it, mate. I think that's going to help a lot of people. Um, you certainly add a lot of clarity um, and support to to my planning. So, um, so yeah, really appreciate it. What's the um, what's the best way for everyone to get in touch if they've got any more questions? Um, yeah, so um, thanks, Seb. It was really enjoyable. Uh, as I said, it's the first. I think it's the first one. I've, I, I think I've done something with Jason. Um, I've got I've recorded a few of my own podcasts, but I must say it's quite it's quite nerve wracking, isn't it? And getting your thoughts yeah. out is. Um, it's, it's easy to get muddled. So I hope it was clear and I hope it was a value. Yeah, 100%. Um, 100% super clear. Um, but if people want to get in touch with me, then um, just do, 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 I'll just give you my email address, which you can share with the group if you want, or give you my Twitter yeah, handle. Let me know. Well, this this is going to be on a podcast as well. So let, let me know um, if you want to say the email address, then you might get um, people will find yeah, you that cool, Okay, well, if you, get, if you want to find out more, go to um, worldwideweb.com wilcox and wilcox.co.uk and that's w-i-l-c-o-c-k-s-a-n-d wilcox again .co.uk i spend half my life um uh phonetically naming my um, my email address which is robert at said uh, url <laughs> um yeah just just have a look at the website drop me an email um in fact the best the best way to the best email is actually the info at because somebody will pick that up um, and now uh, we can um, yeah, start a conversation that way cool amazing thank you so much for coming on mate and um, no, pleasure. Have a good week. yeah all the See best cheers, cheers bud we really hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community 